0: Welcome to the Rafiki Foundation podcast. Hi, I'm Karen Elliott, and I'm your host. I'm the executive director of the Rafiki Foundation. And here we talk about all things classical, Christian, missional, and African. We're going to discuss the question here in several different podcasts on the, the, what does um, Athens have to do with Abuja, or Accra, or Addis Ababa or Africa in general. We will be looking at the question that many people ask me about the relevance of a Western civilization education, classical Christian education, to the continent of Africa. As you know, the Rafiki Foundation is working in 10 African countries, helping people know God and help them raise their standard of living. We do that through two ways, through Bible study and classical Christian education. Over the last 35 years, we've been developing 10 Rafiki villages, one in 10 different countries, and each Rafiki village has an orphanage and a classical Christian school for the orphans and for children uh, who are in poverty. And so we have that in and in, in seven uh, classical Christian teachers colleges as well. Today's podcast is going to feature two of our Rafiki teachers at our Rafiki Classical Christian School in Nairobi, Kenya. We will have Lois, who is our kindergarten teacher, and Anne, who is a logic and maths teacher. Both of them are basically in love with classical Christian education, and I think their enthusiasm is contagious. So enjoy as you learn more about the relevance, the application, and the interest in classical Christian education in Africa. We're going to learn a little bit about the Kenyan education system. We're going to learn about uh, Lois and Anne's experience with classical Christian education and uh, and just hear from them how this education system is and can work in Africa. Uh, so we're going to get to know them a little bit and get to know more about classical Christian education in Africa. Well, the, the first thing I want to start out with, though, is Anne and Lois, are really good friends. So ladies, you want to tell me a little bit about what you told me before, before about your friendship and about this conversation we're having about classical and Christian education. Lois, you want to start us off?
1: Yes, please. I love to think about this conversation as somewhat near the kind that Tolkien and his friends C.S. Lewis had, and I like to call us the Inklings, because it was from those great conversations that the friends had, that great works of literature that we enjoy up to today emerged from. And here we are having the great conversation about the direction in which we want our education to take. And
0: I'm just glad that we can, we can borrow that name for ourselves as well. I think that's great. So you and Anne are friends, and I think you told me that who are you in the Inklings? Are you Tolkien or are you C.S. Lewis, Lois? I am Tolkien. I see. And and and, Anne, so therefore you are C.S. Lewis?
2: Yes, that's where I'd be.
0: That's where you would be. So (laughs) why would you identify more with Tolkien, uh, Lois? I love his imagination, how...
1: His imagination led him to create the great work that we know now as Lord of the Rings, the way he brought the whole history of mankind and its relationship to our creator, God. And I love to um, identify as Tolkien because I love to think that I have like great ideas I would like to share to impact my generation and those that are to come and what's a wonderful thing to be in the great company of Louis and as we know you the
0: the queen well that's true I I get to be the queen in the conversation (laughs) thank you thank you thank you for allowing me to be a part of your inklings in East Africa, <laughs> now Lois, do you have a? I mean, uh, Anne, do you have sort of a comment as to why you would identify with C.S. Lewis, or did you just select him because you couldn't be Tolkien?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I didn't just select him. I have always loved um, Lewis's works. I have always admired how um, he was able to just frankly talk about his struggles and questions in the faith. I have been a questioner, always asking questions and trying to find how um, just the intersections of faith and reason um, come to us. And so I really love how Lewis explains
0: this through his works. And so I really relate to Lewis. Well, uh, I really relate to the two of you and am so thrilled we can spend some time today talking about classical Christian education In Africa. So let me uh, let me just back up here and do some proper introductions. So um, Lois Njenka is a kindergarten teacher at Rafiki's Classical Christian School, and she's been teaching kindergarten for what, seven years now, Lois?
1: Seven years now, yes.
0: Right. And then Anne Masibo, Anne is a logic and upper maths teacher at our Classical Christian School. And and you've been teaching at our school for about four years. Is that correct? Sure. Right. Great. Well, That's look, great. good, good. So both of you, the first thing I'd like to get to know, I want everyone listening to get to know you just a little bit. So um, uh, could you, so maybe, Anne, you can start us off here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and a little bit about your Christian testimony or journey uh, before we get into the education part of our discussion.
2: Okay. Um, Thank you. My name is Anne Masibo, and I have um, been a Christian for the last about 20 years. Um, I grew up in a home where I attended churches, various different churches, but did not really quite understand the Christian faith for myself. I thought that if I kept the Ten Commandments or the Law of God, then um, I would have a relationship with God. But um, somebody graciously showed me from scripture that that's not what scripture is about, that all of scripture points to the finished work of Christ on the cross. And so um, I learned that I needed to put my faith in Christ and not on my works or anything else so that I would be able to have a relationship with God. And when I did that in faith, I God changed my life completely. He gave me the faith to know Him, to understand His Word, and to desire to live for Him. And it has been such an exciting thing to have this a relationship with God and a deeper understanding of who He is through His Word and through the believers that He has allowed in my life. It's, it's been a privilege.
0: That's wonderful. And we're just delighted. Uh, God has brought us... Um, great Christian models uh, to serve at our Rafiki schools, and so I'm always delighted to know how God worked in the hearts of our teachers who teach at our schools. We have about 325 African nationals who teach across 10 of our Rafiki schools, and Anne and Lois are great examples of some of the best, so thank you for sharing that. How about you, Lois? How did you come to know the Lord?
1: I came to know the Lord at a personal level when I joined the high school here at Trafiki about seven years ago. And I knew, of course, about God and about Jesus, but all of those things had not become personal because it was taught to me as something common, as common knowledge that every other person knows. But it wasn't at a personal level until my later years of high school here in Rafiki where Christ was presented to me as someone I needed to develop a personal relationship with and God as one who was interested in having me and in pursuing me to the extent of giving his only son to pay the penalty for my sin and it was around that time that I realized I needed to have Christ in my life, and that's when I became a believer.
0: That's great. So through the school, or I think uh, at Rafiki, we teach the Bible every day in our schools. Was that somewhat instrumental as you studied the Bible regularly?
1: Oh yeah, true, because when I came in, I had been brought up in a Roman Catholic home. And so my first years here, was just full of getting to understand scripture every morning because it was taught daily for 40 minutes. And I had a lot that I knew, which was confronted as falsehood. And there was a lot for me to learn as truth. And I would say that the Lord was very patient with me because it took longer than just a year or two for me to completely comprehend and come to the realization that I needed to have Christ as my savior. And it did not just stop when I became a believer because immediately after high school, I enrolled for the RISE program, the teacher training program here in Kenya. And the same discipline of having Bible study every morning, continued on in my two years of college, and I grew deeper in the knowledge of Christ, and that strengthened my walk in faith, and I attribute my faith today to those beginning years where the foundation was laid very strongly.
0: Great, great. So you, that's right, you... You spent about four years in our high school and about three years in our teacher's college there, correct? At, at the Rafiki Village, Kenya? Yes. Yeah. So tell me, both of you, and, and uh, maybe Anne, I'll come back to you on this. How did you become um, aware of classical education and um, and maybe a little bit about your own educational background as well?
2: Great. Right. Um, I became very interested in classical education. Several years ago, I was very dissatisfied with the kind of education that I had had growing up. I was wondering, is this all there is to education? Is this all there is um, for students in um, who are growing up? And I was very dissatisfied at what was offered to me. And so when I finished high school, and later college, I decided to seek communities that were doing education differently. And so I came to learn about different models of education, classical education being one of them. And so I did some more reading, research, um, sought out communities that were practicing this. And um, that's how I ended up connected to Rafiki.
0: Interesting. What other education systems did you look at? Did you explore?
2: Um, I learned about one called Waldorf education. I learned about unschooling of children. Um, I can't remember all of them, but there were so many different um, alternative education paths being offered. And I had actually begun to explore them. And there are schools in Kenya and in the world that are offering different mod- modes and models. And I was just looking for something different than what I had had.
0: What was it about classical Christian education then that seemed to be right?
2: Um, I would say when I learned about it and I began to um, immerse myself more with a community that was doing a classical Christian education, um, it actually affirmed to me that the, the value of a human being is rooted in a biblical worldview, in a Christian worldview. And I saw it... Um, presented very convincingly uh, and very clearly to me in a Christian classical education that this is what we were created for. Um, Worship of God is not alienated from daily life and it is very very clear in a Christian classical education that is well um, taught and is well
0: practiced. Okay so it's with the Christian and classical combination. The uh, yes. like biblical worldview that was most compelling to you. Yes. All right, and yes. let let me go over to let me go over to to Lois and ask her the same question, and then I want to come back to both of you and talk about the classical component of all this and how it works in in Kenya. And so, so Lois, you you came to Eke <coughs> High School um, and uh, joined and were introduced to classical Christian education. What did you think about it at that time? And What do you think about it now? Tell me about your journey through that. Of course, as a teenager, I did not spend much time thinking about the value
1: of what I had until later on when I became a teacher is when I realized that I was truly privileged to have gone through an education system as the one I went through when I was in Rafiki for high school. The thing I cherish the most about what I received was the cultivation of learning, the cultivation of a love of learning in me that would never depart from me, regardless of whether or not I was in uniform or in a a formal school setup. Another thing I greatly came to thank the Lord for was that he was presented to me as God, in truth, from scripture, in learning, whether it was in language or in history, there was always a constant relation of the knowledge I was acquiring to God himself. And all these things I have come to greatly cherish and be grateful about now as a teacher, because I see myself doing the same, helping children to get to know God and to help them cultivate the love of learning that I know now because I have experienced it. And and I can say that it really is true that the love of learning, once cultivated in a learner, will never depart from them. And that is what Christian classical education is all about.
0: It really does, doesn't it? It really does Mm -hmm. uh, cultivate lifelong learners because you engage in this conversation with people who have been seeking the universal truths, right? Uh, Whether Mm -hmm. it's Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and down the line, they're all in this conversation. And then all of what that's spawned in others to seek truth Uh, And then that combined with a biblical worldview, which grounds you, uh, you can see where that would. And and you're learning not only about, you know, what God created, which is the the way it is, um, uh, the foundation of that. Because every subject from a biblical worldview does that. But also, uh, you're learning about Him, learning about the Lord, and that is most invigorating because uh, God, you cannot exhaust Him nor what He has created. And the mindset mm-hmm. of the great conversation helps to keep that going. Uh, also, I think Christianity humbles us, doesn't it? And so you've got, as a learner, you've got to be humble uh, to continue to be a lifelong learner. So that combination is just dynamite, isn't it? Well, it helps the listener understand a little bit about the difference between the Kenyan education system and what you are now providing for students in uh, Rafiki School. Who'd like to go first? I can go first.
2: Um, Two of the things that immediately jump out to me that are very different is that the classical education actually respects the capacity of a person to discover truth as compared to how in the education system that I received in, uh, in my time in Kenya, uh, not to say that all, edu- all education systems in Kenya do this, but the one I received um, had a lot of emphasis on rote learning and emphasis on just academic outcomes. And so it was very different when I came to Rafiki because here in Rafiki, um, our education system is encouraging the human being's capacity to discover truth for themselves. It's not just about rote learning or memory um, for the sake of it. It also has an aspect that uh, we are able to appreciate goodness and beauty as people, and we are able to make connections that matter. We are able to draw connections between what we are learning, and so it has a very different emphasis. Yeah.
0: Excellent, I think you've said that well. Lois, how would you like to add to that?
1: One of the things that draws a major difference between what is offered, and I would say in all of the schools in Kenya, even the ones that run themselves as Christian schools, is that the truth about God is not at the center of learning. And the reason why I say that is because you will find schools, yes, that call themselves Christian schools, but then you will hardly find any that has set apart structured times for when the Bible or scripture would actually be taught. And even the ones that would brand themselves Christian schools do not only offer the Christian the the truth that Christianity holds on to, which is scripture only, they will do that plus other things, which then is very different because when we call ourselves classical Christian school, it simply is because that is the major thing that we offer. We do not have scripture plus some other religious, classes or cost books that we look into.
0: Excellent point. So tell me this, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with you, Lois, for a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. Tell me what happens in your kindergarten classroom that engages the children in the great conversation. I mean, people think five-year-olds, right? What, what in the world? And five-year-olds uh, from a culture that... Um, was not as perhaps exposed to western civilization as maybe children in america although that's becoming uh less and less today in america as well but tell me what what is it what happens in your classroom that engages the children in the great conversation one or two things in kindergarten
1: yeah, that's right. People think, well, fine. What can you how can you simply contribute to the great conversation that goes around? And I tell them, I invite you to my class, and I will prove you so wrong in thinking that five-year-olds cannot add anything to the great conversation. We have discussions around the themes and the topics that we we teach. And so one of the major I would say among the most wonderful conversations I have ever had as an adult have happened in my time teaching kindergarten. We Mm. interact over scripture and it, it is not just a question and answer session, but we get into talking about the hymns that we sing okay, yes, there are memory verses, but we get into how do these memory verses relate to the truths that we memorize weekly presented to us through catechism questions. Like, we have been singing the hymn for the week over a thousand tongues to sing, and we go into, I would, for example, state how we wish we would have so many ways and so many expressions and so many languages to express the beauty and the glories of our God and King. And just listening to the five-year-olds express such awe and wonder about creation and about God himself and what they're learning and the knowledge that they gain, be it from math and language, and asking questions, deep questions, because they have so been trained in hearing deep questions asked to them is very mind-boggling. And I really enjoy having great conversations
0: with them. (laughs) You know, that's great, and I love it. You know, you keep the wonder stirred up in them, uh, continue to foster those inquisitive minds, I think, too, the children get exposed to poetry and uh, they also get exposed to classical music. Is that right in uh, kindergarten?
1: That is true. They have a lot to do with even the history of music. They interact with composers such as Beethoven, Bach, Franz Joseph Haydn. They know facts about them, not just facts about them, but... They can identify pieces by their composers, we get into art, into helping them build not just their ability to draw, but also to grow in them an appreciation for beauty, and appreciation for great works of art, and looking at artistic works and reading into the images and getting to try to understand the message behind a great piece of art and a great piece of music
0: so yes so in in the music and the arts they really are exposed to truth beauty and goodness right throughout the ages and which throughout
1: the ages
0: yeah yeah so seeing that through the converse great conversation and then It hopefully helps to foster wisdom and virtue in the children. So that's that's a great example. And I'm going to come back to you now and you teach logic and then you teach also upper school math. What levels of math you teach and how is what you are teaching at the school in Kenya different from your own educational experience? Um, Kind of kind of chime in on that a little bit more as well
2: okay um i teach upper school math grade nine uh, grade grades nine and ten and then i teach grade eight logic and the math is very different from what i was taught how i was taught math in that uh, when i was taught math i was just taught a lot of root facts but not really the wisdom behind the math or even the beauty behind the math i came to associate math and beauty when i first started learning math classically at Rafiki, and so it has just added such depth and texture to my understanding of math, and also it has enlivened how I relate with the students around math topics and concepts, because I am learning it very differently through a classical and a biblical worldview or lens. Um, An example I can give is, right now, with the grade nine students, we are studying signed numbers. And we are also reading um, an article by Nicomachus from about 100 AD, where he talks about, he connects the importance of studying not just numbers, but also um, the geometry or the space that is around us. And um, it just goes into further discussion about the wisdom that is gained from understanding not just numbers, but also the spaces that these numbers are used to um, count or measure, and how an understanding of both those things leads us to wisdom. And so today we had a very interesting conversation with the students about whether um, like on a number, on a number line, for instance, uh, is a number line infinite and what does that reflect? Who does that reflect? And um, just thinking about the characteristics of these aspects of math that are pointing back to God and also his world and, and the wisdom in which he made them all. It's it's amazing to have such conversations.
0: Who would have thought math could be attached to beauty? But it really is, right? <laughs> Symmetry. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's the language of the universe and it is and it is beautiful, but you have to help students make that connection, help draw it out of them. And it sounds like you're doing a beautiful job of that. How about logic? Uh, how is that? I don't know. if Is that taught in Kenyan schools as a subject?
2: Um, not that I know of. I first knew that logic was taught in Kenyan high schools and, and primary schools when I came to Rafiki as well. And so um, that is very, very timely and helpful for the students as they begin to connect various topics as they, that they are studying in their coursework, um, in math, in problem solving, and also just how they are conversing with the adults and each other in their lives. Um, the students are learning how to understand different arguments that are being presented to them and also to make sense of those arguments. And so Logic presents an opportunity for the teenagers in our school just to be able to see um, and understand these arguments from a biblical worldview as well. And to practice having conversations around them, practice uh, being charitable, being convincing. And so logic is very, very crucial um, for the students to learn at this stage that they are learning it. And they really, really enjoy it and connect to it.
0: I bet they do. Uh, young people at that age love to uh, debate and discuss. Uh, as to mm-hmm. kindergartners, I hear from Lois, we ought to put them in a debate with the uh, with your logic students, <laughs> right? But uh, it, but but that but that age group really does, and to learn to articulate your argument in a winsome way, uh, in a convincing way, uh, is is a great uh, tool for them to approach all subjects and to enable them to engage in society. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled. Um, I'll tell you what, I would love to be in your classrooms. I know when I was there in Kenya, I didn't get a chance to visit your classrooms in May and I was sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. time I'm through though, I'm definitely going to uh, join your classrooms. Well, let me ask you the final question here. And the question that people really also ask me uh is what in the world do a bunch of dead white men basically which is what people associate classical christian education with what do the what does what is this great conversation really uh, how is it relevant to people in africa and let's just talk to talk about kenya at this point um and what's your what's your uh thinking on that
2: um I think just as you've said, um, people falsely think that it is only attributed and associated with dead white men, but historically, um, what we see is that people have been having conversations around things that matter and about the human state, about the questions every human being asks themselves for years and years. And these are what have come to us as the classics. These conversations were not just limited to people in particular geographical regions, but actually were increasingly um, happening around areas that people were trading and interacting with each other, areas um, that are more near where Asia, Africa, and Europe intersect. And so these conversations have been enriching um, us from then on, and they have been passed on to us as great conversations, And so they are just what every human being connects to and needs. Great, great. And Lois, how would you add to
1: that? I would simply say that truth, regardless of where it comes from, is truth. Whether it's from a dead white man or a dead black man, the point is, it is the truth, and that is what matters.
0: Exactly, and that's what human beings need, right? We need the truth, and that's what classical Christian education does. How about any any final thoughts for uh, our listeners about uh, classical Christian education and Africa in particular? But what what are your thoughts on this? Just free think for a minute. Who wants to go first? I think in the next few
1: decades, America and the world at large might be flocking into Africa to borrow some of our wisdom as far as classical education is concerned. It's just beginning and people are beginning, starting to be receptive and I think that has a lot to do with the gospel really taking root in Africa, right at a time when America has completely lost it. And in a few years to come, we'll be sending missionaries and classical uh, education ambassadors from Africa. I betcha.
0: Yeah, I betcha. And I love that challenge. That's great. How about you, Anne? You want to chime in?
2: Yeah, I, I would say that it is A classical Christian education is really the best education for any human being. And I would encourage anyone and everyone to actually get involved in a classical Christian education.
0: Well, we would do. And we would hope uh, that our friends in Africa, who we hope will be listening to this, uh, will be eager to adopt Rafiki's Classical Christian Curriculum. We are a really uh, robust source for materials and teacher training. Uh, uh, Lois went through our teacher training, and like I said, I would love to be in her kindergarten class. And Anna has came well-educated from Daystar University, uh, but I think also has received some extra training at the school, Um, And I think you've also listened to some of the Classical U courses. Is that right? Both of you, what other resources have you all engaged in um, that have helped you in your journey with classical education?
2: I have taken some units at Rafiki Institute of Classical Education, and I have also taken some coursework at Classical U, and those have both been very, very helpful to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Lois, how about you? Anything else you want to... Mention in terms of resources?
1: Classical U has been very resourceful, getting to listen to other teachers, striving to achieve the same thing we're striving to achieve here, and as well as the RISE program. It is very gracious that we are allowed to continue on taking new courses here while still teaching, and that helps us to grow professionally and even challenges sometimes in our practices in the classroom.
0: Great. Well, I will uh, maybe get you all to write up some uh, more suggestions you have for more training you would love to receive and uh, work with our friends here in the U.S. on that. Just a quick note for both of you. uh, We are planning a Classical Christian Conference October 2023 uh, in Kenya, October 5th and Mm -hmm. 6th in Kenya and Nairobi. And then we will also be hosting a conference October 10th and 11th, 2023 in Uganda, in Kampala, Uganda. So we are working on that. We will have speakers coming from the United States, uh, Chris Perrin, David Diener, Robin Berlew, um, um, Brian Williams, uh, Grant Horner, uh, Vodi Balkum. Uh, possibly Robbie Jane and others from the United States. We hope to have speak as well as uh, you and the two of you perhaps presenting workshops to teachers. Uh, That's sort of our goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just now congratulations. Yeah. You're just now hearing of that we met. Yeah. We're working through through the schedule and uh, we will have workshops and breakout sessions and, uh, There may be, uh, we would love to incorporate our educators uh, from Kenya and also Uganda in the actual presentations at the conference. So uh, we're working out the details of that, but I'm just letting our friends in Africa know about this through the podcast, but also our friends in America and beyond who are listening to this to be praying for this event. Rafiki, by God's grace, is hoping to cover the continent of Africa with classical Christian education because we believe classical Christian education is the best education for a human being. And our mission is to help people know God and help them raise their standard of living. And the way you grow in the knowledge of God is through the Bible study. And that's what we have for schools. And also through education is when you help raise your standard of living. And classical education is the best model to web with the Christian education and best for human flourishing. So those of you listening to this podcast, join us in praying for this conference. We hope God will use it to really mobilize people even more across the continent of Africa to embrace this educational system. Well, Anne and Lois, it's been great to talk to you all again. And thank you for your time. And I hope you all have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. thank you very much.